I had realized that I was kind of neglecting my asynchronous class yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, geez, I forgot that there's two lectures every week that I need oh, to no. watch. How and, many do you have to watch? Um, well, I, I watched them all yesterday. <laughs> um, so yesterday I had done two lectures, uh, though I did them at double time, so it didn't really matter. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's on YouTube and you're able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully someone talked to him about the high pitch whine in the oh, back nice. of the video and thank goodness it wasn't me because or someone did and it wasn't me because sometimes teachers can like call you out on it mm -hmm. they're like oh thank you Annika for letting me know about this and I don't want to be called out like that because that's mm -hmm. happened before where I'm like mm. Mm. <laughs> but yeah thankfully someone talked to him and so he tried to fix it and it was a little bit better but then it came back oh um, what is it hmm? is this his mic or I don't know. It was like he he had turned. He said like, "Oh, I think it might just be that I have my camera on," so he turned off his camera, and it went away. And I was like, "What the heck? How did how does that do anything?" <laughs> but then eventually it started to come back again. So I was like, "Oh, okay, um, maybe that wasn't it." But for it some reason, like, it worked it, for a while. Is it just his his computer working hard to like film it? Maybe I don't know. Uh. <laughs> and so I did two lectures I did one discussion post uh and then I watched one of the movies that we were supposed to watch for next week which was Last of the Mohicans which was actually a pretty good film I've heard a lot about it but I'd never seen it but yeah well hello everybody welcome <laughs> to History of the Spotlight episode number eight on The Little Mermaid Woo! <laughs> I'm glad uh, that I double checked because I was a, ready to research Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. wait a sec. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so today we're discussing Little Mermaid. The The musical version we're focusing on is the uh, the Broadway version, the Disney version. So there's a little description. Uh, the film tells the story of a young mermaid princess, Ariel, who dreams of becoming human and falls in love with a pr human prince named Eric, which leads her to, ma to make a magic deal with an evil sea witch to become human and be with him. Did you watch, I'm not sure if there would be a big difference, but did you watch the one with Sierra Bogus? No, I didn't. I watched the um, movie, but I've listened to the soundtrack a lot, so. Okay. Yeah, did you? Uh, I, I watched uh, clips of the one with Sierra Bogus, and mm. it was like, I didn't realize it was such a long time ago. It was 2008. Yeah, like, I know, like the film, like, like it's only like 11 years, uh, no, 13 years ago. Oh my God, 13 years ago. And like the <laughs> filming quality is so different. Yeah, so yeah, Sierra Bogus. Titus Burgess and then Norm Lewis. I know it was yeah. There it was a it was such a good cast. Like half of my notes are just on the authors, and then all then like a page and a half of the people that were in the show. Yeah, and, and there's people who had to cut out for time. So yeah, but they had Heelys. I know. At least God. what it looked like Heelys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was it was Heelys. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was roller skates, but no, it was they were doing the same like. I love it. it. You know, it's a, it's a choice, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I had made some notes about like, oh, uh, some of the costumes look really awkward. I know it is really. It's weird costumes. <laughs> yeah, like some people are almost naked, and like mm -hmm. some guys are shirtless, and I'm like, oh god, wouldn't you get like really cold? And then the tails. I mean yeah, I mean, but if they're working hard, I'm sure they're going to be fine. I'm sure if like, they're dancing and stuff around the stage, they're fine. 
Yeah, with, like with the tails and she's doing this like big dance scene with uh, all the sisters or whatever and they all have their own tails and it looks like they're yeah. gonna like turn and take someone out. I didn't really look too much into the production but I'm sure there must have been a lot of, must have been a lot of mishaps with that when they were like making the show possible. Yeah there was there was a lot of uh, well interesting technical aspects I had uh, noted that uh, there was a lot of moving parts and probably a lot of things could have gone wrong but they uh, organized it so well that it went really like it was really cool mm-hmm. um the part where uh eric falls overboard mm-hmm. is so cool because it actually looks like he's sinking into the water i think i might have seen clips of it because he falls from the top right yeah yeah that was so cool I, and then you can hear everyone in the audience just going like oh oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how I could handle Heelys in a production. That just because, seems so intense. Because <laughs> what if you, because I guess you have to do something special. Like I never had Heelys, no matter how much I wanted them as a kid. But mm. um, like you have to do something strange with your foot to get the the wheel or something. I don't know. I never had Heelys. Yeah. And I just feel like it would be so easy for me to slip mm. or something like that but um I know this because I follow Sierra Bogus on Instagram but she figure skates in her free time mm-hmm. and uh, she has skated since she was a kid so she's probably like knows her way around a skate really well and I wonder mm-hmm. if it would have just been a bit of a a change of instead of regular skates or roller skates you have to do the heelys and mm-hmm. there's a special posture that you have to do so that you don't slip and fall <laughs> yeah um do you want to talk about the little mermaid as a fairy tale sure so the little mermaid was originally written by hans christian anderson so he was a danish author so it's the little mermaid or den lily havru uh, i don't know how to speak danish very well but the <laughs> so the synopsis is the story follows the journey of a young mermaid who is willing to give up her life in the sea as a mermaid to gain a human soul. So it was written in 19 or sorry 1836 and first published uh, April 7th 1837 within a collection of children's fairy tales that he had written. Mm. So as well there's due to the popularity of the tale of the little mermaid there's a statue in Copenhagen in Denmark uh of a mermaid and it was commissioned in 1909 by carl jacobson so that's kind of one of the big uh staples of kind of like oh we got to go see the little mermaid statue so the plot uh the little mermaid lives in an an, so this is like the original version Mm. and there's not really that many variations the only variations that you really see are like in film and TV, but it's not like, it's, it's not like, um, it's not like Cinderella where a bunch of different places around the world have their own version of it. Yeah. So it's- Cause that one, cause Cinderella seems a lot more based in like tropes and stuff. And it seems like a very specific story that isn't really- Yeah. It isn't too easy to like replicate it on your own. And it's a lot older. Mm-hmm. Because Little Mermaid was just uh, 1836. And then Cinderella might go back to some time mm-hmm. BC or AD. Yeah. Okay. 
So this is the plot of the original Hans Christian Andersen version. Uh, the Little Mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom. She lives with her five older sisters and her widowed father is the Merking. The Little Mermaid is known to have the most enchanting voice in the world. And then when a mermaid turns 15, she's allowed to swim up to the surface and look at the world beyond the underwater kingdom. Uh, so when each of her sisters becomes old enough, they're allowed to visit the upper world one at a time every 365 days. Uh, when they each return, the Little Mermaid Little Mermaid listens to the descriptions of the human world and longs to go herself. So soon it is the Little Mermaid's turn. They don't actually give her a name. It's just the Little Mermaid mm -hmm. the entire time. Uh, so when it's her turn to go to the surface, she witnesses a birthday celebration being held on a ship for a handsome prince. She falls in love with him from a distance. Uh, when a violent storm hits and sinks the ship, the Little Mermaid saves the prince from drowning. She takes the unconscious prince to shore where she is taken or where he is taken care of by a woman at a temple. The prince never finds out that it was Little Mermaid who saved him. The Little Mermaid asks her grandmother about the lifespan of humans, and it is said that humans live much less longer than mermaids, who usually live to 300 years. Um, it is also said that when mermaids die, their bodies turn to sea foam and they completely cease to exist. But when humans die, their soul lives on in heaven. Longing to be with the prince as well as have an eternal soul, the little mermaid visits the sea witch and receives a potion that will give her legs so that she may be with the prince. But there are many conditions to this exchange. So number one, in exchange for receiving legs, she must give her tongue and voice. Uh, number two, she will never be able to return to the ocean. Number three, when she takes the potion, it will feel like she's being run through with a sword. Number four, when she dances and walks, it will feel like she's walking on knives and will bleed constantly. And number five, <laughs> your face. <Jesus. laughs> number five, she will only gain a soul if she wins the love of the prince and marries him. Or else when he marries someone else, she will die of a broken heart and dissolve into the sea foam. So that's a lot of conditions for getting legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Despite this, she she agrees to the exchange. Uh, she swims to the shore and drinks the potion, passing out from the sensation of being run through with a sword. Uh, the prince finds her and is mesmerized by her beauty and grace, even though she is mute. Uh, he loves to see her dance, and she does dance for him, even though it causes her excruciating pain with every step. Uh, she quickly becomes the prince's favorite companion, but he does not fall in love with her. Uh, the prince is supposed to be married to a princess from a neighboring kingdom, but he wants to marry the woman at the temple who he believes saved him the night that the ship sank. He later finds out that the woman at the temple actually is the princess from the neighboring kingdom who had been sent to the temple for her education. So the prince declares his love for her and they are to be married. The prince and princess are married upon a wedding ship and the little mermaid's heart breaks. She endured so much pain and sacrificed so much to be with him all for it to not matter in the end. Uh, her sisters rise to the surface of the water and give her a dagger they had received from the sea witch in exchange for their beautiful hair. They tell her that if the little mermaid stabs the prince with a dagger and lets a drop of his blood fall upon her legs, she will become a mermaid again and she can return to her family. The little mermaid can't bring herself to kill the prince and she throws herself off the ship just as dawn breaks. Uh, she dissolves into sea foam 
but instead of ceasing to exist, she becomes an earthbound spirit. She meets other spirits who tell her that due to her selflessness, she will get the chance to earn her very own soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years, and afterwards she'll rise up to heaven. So, so that's the big original version. And the tale received some backlash for its ending, with some critics saying that it acted as a tale to scare children into behaving, and others criticizing the seemingly sudden shift to a happy ending. So Anderson defended his ending, stating that it was a better ending than the one he had initially planned. The tale would have originally ended with the Little Mermaid dying, but then he changed it so that the Little Mermaid was able to attend or able to attain a soul through her own means instead of relying upon the prince to give her a soul through the chance that he falls in love with her. So in her analysis of Virginia Borges concludes that the story contains a message about love and self-sacrifice and the dangers of accepting abuse or inconsiderate treatment in the name of love. So that's what I've got for uh, Hans Christian Andersen's Little Mermaid, uh, the original version. It really sounds a lot like um, Once on this Island. It's a musical that was written about, um, okay, yeah, see Once on this Island, it's listed. That one's like about Timun who, yeah, Timun, yes. So basically she, they're like in like the Caribbean islands there um, and they're being colonized by the French by the Frenchmen. Okay. Um, and they're, and the, this one girl, Timun, she falls in love with, uh, ooh, what is his name? The, the Prince Eric of the story. And okay. she's like, I need to be with him. So she like goes on a journey. She doesn't like change anything, but like near the end, you re he realizes that like like sorry, she realizes that he's in love, like he's in a an arranged marriage. Oh. Um, and then she almost kills her him, but then she kills herself, and then she becomes the reborn of the tree. It's really <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's written by the same people that did um, uh, Anastasia. It's written by Aaron Aaron Zimplarity. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. But that, I guess this show just made me real, or the, the story made me realize that it was a lot like that. Yeah, because I remember when I was younger, they had said like, oh, here are some of the like scary versions of the uh, Disney princesses stories. And it was uh, something that the, oh, what was it? The Little Mermaid had drowned herself after killing the prince, but I haven't seen that version anywhere. So the characters in the Little Mermaid musical, um, so there's Ariel, young princess with beautiful voice. She dreams of, of the world above and will do anything to be human. There is Prince Eric, young prince who, looking for, who is looking for the love of his life who saved him. And then Ursula, who's Ariel's aunt, who is spiteful of the king and his kingdom and wants the power he has, known for breaking contracts. Uh, Sebastian, loyal servant to the king and also conductor of the Seven Sisters Choir. Tasked, tasked with looking after Ariel. Uh, Flounder, Ariel's loyal companion. He often accompanies Ariel on her excursions in search of human artifacts. King Triton, king of Atlantica. They never mentioned king Atlantica, but <laughs> didn't realize that was the name of the place. But um, yeah, so king of Atlantica wants the best for his seven daughters concerned for Ariel's well-being. Uh, Scuttle, he believes he's an expert on human artifacts, although he is mainly incorrect, and is often consulted for, consulted by Ariel for information on her discovered treasures. 
She also serves as comic relief alongside Sebastian. Yeah. Then Flotsam and Jetsam are Ursula's sidekicks. They're the like eels. Yeah, the bat. Oh, uh, yeah. They're fun. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so creation of the musical. So Thomas Schumacher, head of Disney Theatricals, approached Alan Menken, original composer of the 1989 movie, to be part of the stage production. They then brought on uh, Francesca Zambello to direct and Doug Wright to write the book. So the creatives are Alan Menken, uh, who did music, lyrics by Howard Ashman and Glenn Slater, and book by Doug Wright. Um, so Alan Menken and Howard Ashman did the lyrics for, um, sorry, did the music together for this, for uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So I'm doing the first half of Menken's career in this episode, and then I'm doing... Uh, like the second half next episode, next episode and then I'm doing okay. all of Howard Ashman next episode so um, if you if you listeners have time watch the documentary Ash, uh, Howard I think it's called Howard on Disney plus um, it's so good it made me cry so much oh. I watched it before the, oh it's so I mean it's very sad about like he is gay in like the 80s and it doesn't turn out too great um but yeah, so Alan Menken, uh, born in Manhattan, New York, Alan Menken was born to Nor- Norman Menken, piano playing dentist, and Judith Menken, actor, dancer, and playwright. <laughs> one of his first, one of his first professional jobs was with Sesame Street as a songwriter. After a string of projects that didn't go very far, Menken and writing partner Howard Ashman wrote the stage, stage adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel "God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater," which received critical acclaim. After this, the team wrote the musical version of the 1960 black comedy Little, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, the musical opened off-Broadway uh, in 1982, where it stayed for five years. The production was nominated for six Drama Desk Awards and won two for music and, Musical and Lyrics. It also received a Grammy nomination for Best Musical Theater Album, marking McKinn's first nomination for these two awards. Um, the musical was adapted to the screen, uh, Menken received his first Academy Award nomination. Um, yeah, then it goes on from there, which we'll cover next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Slater. Uh, he was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1968. After graduating from Harvard University, Slater worked on a few small projects in New York before being tapped to work with Alan Menken on lyrics for the Disney film Home on the Range, mm-hmm. as well as a stage adaptation of Sister Act. Um, his, work, his work with Menken continued with later stage productions of The Little Mermaid and Leap of Faith. Later on, he worked with Angela Weber and co-wrote lyrics for and books for Love Never Dies, the sequel to The Phantom of the Opera. Uh, his next major work was the lyrics for the Disney film Tangled. Uh, he returned to work with Angela Weber on the stage adaptation of School of Rock. After School of Rock, he rekindled his writing relationship with Alan Menken on the, on the musical TV show Gallivant. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. It's so underrated. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I had a phase where it was all I watched. Yeah, I remember you recommending it to me. Yeah. Um, Slater has two Tony nominations uh, for Little Mermaid and Sister Act. He has won a Grammy for his work on Tangled and won a Daytime Emmy for his work on Disney's Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, which is like a little short thing for Rapunzel. Oh. I never heard of it before, but... <laughs> Doug Wright was born in Dallas, Texas in 1962. He received his bachelor's degree from Yale University and his master's from New York University. One of his first major works, Quills, had his off-Broadway debut in 1995, 
From there, the play went on to be adapted into a movie starring Jeffrey Rush, Kate Winslet, Joaquin Phoenix, and Michael Caine. Okay, uh, then after Quills, uh, his play I Am My Own Wife was produced off-Broadway and then Broadway, where it won the Tony for Best Play and the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. From there, he wrote the books for four musicals, Grey Gardens, The Little Mermaid, Hands on Hardbody, and War Paint. And for Grey Gardens, he received a Tony nomination for it. Uh, I've heard I, something about uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, yeah, sure. So, because uh, I was like, you know, I don't have a lot about The Little Mermaid, so I might as well look into Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. Um, so... He is also known as H.C. Anderson, so sometimes in Denmark his uh, name is uh, put like that. Mm. So he was born in April 2nd, 1805, and he died August 4th, 1875. So he wrote plays, travelogues, po- novels, poems, but he's most known for his fairy tales. So Hans Christian Andersen, uh, his fairy tales, he had about 156 stories across nine volumes. Um, So his most famous works were The Emperor's New Clothes, uh, The Little Mermaid, The Nightingale, The Red Shoes, The Princess and the Pea, The Snow Queen, and The Ugly Duckling. And then there's a lot more. Mm. So he was born in Odense, Denmark. He was an only child to father Hans Andersen and mother... Anne-Marie Andersdotter. Um, So his father introduced him to literature through reading him Arabian Nights. uh, And then Anderson worked uh, in an apprenticeship as a weaver and then later as a tailor. He moved to Copenhagen at the age of 14 to become an actor. And he was excellent at singing as a soprano and was accepted into the Royal Danish Theatre, but his voice soon changed. So later he was encouraged to take up poetry. And so Anderson took that advice seriously and began focusing more on writing. Uh, He continued writing and traveling for inspiration. And he wrote his first novel about his travels in Italy titled The Improvisatoire, uh, Improvatore, maybe (laughs) in uh, Italian. And it was published in 1835 to instant acclaim. And it's viewed basically as his breakthrough. Um, so he wrote three collection installments of fairy tales between 1835 and 1837. So in May 1835, the first installment of fairy tales included uh, The Tinderbox, Little Claws and Big Claws, The Princess and the Pea, and Little Ida's Flowers. So some of the folktale or some of the uh, stories that he put in his first installment were uh, variations of folk tales that he had heard in his childhood, and some were of his own creation. Uh, later that year in December, uh, he released the second installment of the fairy tales, including Thumbelina, The Naughty Boy, and The Traveling Companion. So Danish reviews of the first two installments of his fairy tales were not very favorable, causing Anderson to wait a year before he released any more. And then in April 1837, was the third installment of the fairy tales, including The Little Mermaid and The Emperor's New Clothes. So uh, The Little Mermaid was Anderson's own creation, but was very much inspired by German writer Friedrich de la Motte Fouquet's Undine in 1811, as well as mermaid lore. So 
The Little Mermaid established Anderson's international reputation. Um, all nine stories from the three installments were combined into one volume and were sold as that. Uh, in June 1847, Anderson met Charles Dickens during a visit to England. Uh, they respected each other's work and respected each other as writers. And this was this kind of funny. Um, when you think about these writers, you think that like, oh, they, they're like very refined people and uh, very used to like you just imagine them as like very proper people but yeah. then you read something like I'm going to tell you now and you think like oh my goodness um so Anderson visited or he returned to England 10 years later to visit Dickens again but <laughs> turned what was supposed to be a brief visit to the Dickens's home into a five-week stay <laughs> so instead of staying there for maybe like a day or two he was there for five weeks um, Anderson was eventually told to leave and Dickinson stopped all correspondence with him and then quote unquote Anderson who had quite enjoyed the visit could not understand why his letters went unanswered mm. <laughs> so that's like I don't know it just seems really funny to me that he like overstayed his welcome <laughs> and he was like he didn't have the awareness to be like oh maybe I'm staying too long mm. and then when he got like kicked out he didn't realize why uh, Dickens was annoyed with him and wouldn't re respond to his letters. I just find that kind of funny. Um, so in regards to his love life, he was kind of devoted to celibacy, mm. but he was very much attracted to many men and women. So he wrote Nightingale as an expression of his passion for singer Jenny Lind. So, oh, you know, yeah. from uh, Greatest Sherman. The greatest <laughs> which became the inspiration for her nickname as the Swedish Nightingale. Mm. So that was something I didn't know. Um, he wrote her a proposal, but she wrote back to him referring to him as a brother. Oh, brother's own. Anderson also experienced same-sex attraction, and he was infatuated with Edvard Cullen, uh, Danish dancer Harold Scharf, and Carl Alexander, the Duke of Sex Weimar. Are Eisenach. Um, and it is said that The Little Mermaid is based on his unrequited love for Edward Cullen. Oh, really? So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a, there's a great deal of, um, of articles about this. Mm. And uh, it was really interesting. I, I haven't looked at that many of them, but, uh, mm. but it's really something to look into. Yeah. Um, so he died August 4th, 1875 at the age of 70, and it was seemingly from cancer. Mm. And his body was interred in the family plot of the Collins. So oh. he, he was basically interred with Edward Cullen and his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Thruple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was just, I had not known that about Hans Christian Andersen. I think it was just. I don't really, I don't really know that much about him. Yeah, we just That's knew, really like, oh, he wrote a bunch of those. He wrote Frozen, and he wrote, not true, but he, he wrote The Snow Queen, and he wrote Little Mermaid. Yeah. When I was uh, with my, like, community, like, kids theater troupe, we had done The Snow Queen for our winter production. Oh, nice. And I was the Snow Queen, and we had to find some costume that we had that would fit me. And then I ended up wearing, like, an Egyptian like dress okay <laughs> <laughs> because all the other ones were just really tight mm -hmm. and then 
He's like, if you want something that's going to make you self-conscious, try on a bunch of clothing that doesn't fit you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I had to wear this really like gross white wig that was terrible. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> it was like, uh, I felt bad for my parents who had to go see that. I know. I have, there's always show, there's always other productions you've done. Like, oh, I'm sorry, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> or like just... even like once like, hey, mom, dad, stay home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I had this really funny story where it was one of these, I think it was a Christmas uh production and we were doing was it like a thousand cranes, paper cranes or something like that. I can't remember what it was called, but it's about like the aftermath of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh and it For was a Christmas thing? Yeah. And it was so depressing. Is it like is it based around Christmas time? No. Oh my god! Like, hey, like, come to our Christmas. <laughs> oh my god! Let's just. Like, it's, uh, it's an important story, but also like. Let's depress the hell out of you before yeah. the merriest time of the season. Um, <laughs> so we were doing this. Like, I was the mother of the girl, and <laughs> and so I'd be like sitting in the background sometimes because we also had like instruments that we had to play at certain times and I I was gone the day that we picked the instrument so I got stuck with the triangle um (laughs) (laughs) so it was just me every like five seconds it's like ding ding um and so I was just sitting back there and I had kind of my eyes had wandered to the crowd like you could still see them on stage the lights weren't that bright but I saw my sister and she was asleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember just giving her like this, like the bur- the most burning glare mm-hmm. her way. And then she kind of like woke up a little bit and then like made eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell how uncomfortable she was that she like looked up and saw that I was staring at her. <laughs> and so every time that we bring up like falling asleep during a movie or a play, we always bring up that story. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I get it. It wasn't the most like interesting play, but you could at least stay awake. <laughs> How long was it? It like wasn't even an hour. Oh, okay. What, but, wait, were they all gathered there just for that thing, or was it like a concert too? Uh, it, it was like their our winter productions were just like in our drama room. Mm. And, like we have a bit of a like a built-in stage to the the room, and then we just set up a bunch of chairs. Mm-hmm. so it was just us mm-hmm. but <laughs> I remember when we were doing I think it might have been our town or even the one acts in grade 12 and we had mm-hmm. like we had like a heat wave or something it was like so hot in the drama room mm-hmm. like everyone mm-hmm. was sweating so much yeah I think I don't think it was a heat wave I think it was just that something in the the furnace was broken maybe like the AC was off or something like they can I don't know, but I remember it being so hot. <laughs> like they were pumping out a lot of warm heat at you. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was just, yeah, it, it got, ri- I was there for that. Yeah. And uh, I, I was very cozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, a little bit about the cast of the show with the Broadway production. Uh, so Sierra Vargas started yeah. your career. I know I love her so much. Um, yeah, me too listening to the soundtrack I'm like I love her like I I mean she's always been around but like listening to her specifically I'm like oh my god she's just so good she, um, she does a really good job of uh making her voice actually sound like Jodie 
from the movie. Yeah, Jodie Benson, yeah. Yeah. And she has a really good way of, like, doing, like, the belty stuff, but also, like, the high legit soprano stuff. Yeah. Like, she does like, this, and then she does Phantom of the Opera, like. Yeah. It's just so versatile, I love it. I watched it again last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they returned it to Broadway HD. Oh, yeah. Why did I they take it, it off? I don't know why. <laughs> That's I was, so weird. I was like, oh, my God. I was going to watch it again, and now it's gone. <laughs> how, many times, how, many, how many times have you seen it, though? Uh, Since, <laughs> like, <laughs> since Christmas, I think it's maybe been five or six times. Yeah. I just like having it on in the background. Yeah, it's like no, I get while I'm it. doing other things, but it's just yeah. it's my it's my comfort musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Sierra Bagas started her career in the ensemble as well as understudying Cosette and Les Mis on the U.S. national tour. <laughs> um. Around this time, she was cast in the Las Vegas production of The Phantom of the Opera as Christine Daae. Mm-hmm. Um. This is her first dalliance with the show. She has returned many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, after Phantom, she was cast in the role of Ariel in Little Mermaid, which gave her her Broadway debut. Um, after Little Mermaid, she was cast in the role of Christine Daae in the sequel to the Phantom of the Opera, Love Never Dies. Oh, yeah. um, a few years later, she reunited, she reunited with the Little Mermaid co-star, Norm Lewis, to play opposite him in the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah, they're like best friends. Yeah, I find it, I find that dynamic kind of weird. How like she played, he played her dad, and then no, I guess, I guess the <laughs> Phantom is kind of a dad. Yeah, isn't kind of. It, isn't that what the I I really don't know Phantom that well. Well, it was it was like a uh, Raul saying like this creature is not your father or is not like a replacement for your father who passed away. Mm. And uh, I was kind of like, ooh, now that I think about it that way, it's kind of ooh. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they, they're really good friends and they just love each other. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to see something. Because I know she's done, she did the French production of, of Phantom as well. Oh. Uh, Le Phantom de l'Opera. <laughs> <laughs> My French. <laughs> um, it was in the... It was going to be in the theater Magador, which was where the show was supposed to be performed. But... They, oh no, it was there. It was just postpo- it was just postponed, which is a few blocks away from the Opera Garnier, where the show takes place. Um, and then in 2015, she started as Rebecca Steinberg in "It Should Have Been You," "Should Have Been You" on Broadway. Oh. After that show closed, she stayed on Broadway as Rosalie Mullins in "School of Rock," where she stayed for ten months. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people that kind of like circle around. Like there's a lot of Phantom talking this, and it's also "School of Rock." So she starred with uh, Anthony Crivello in Phantom in Vegas, and then they reunited uh, for Into the Woods at the Hollywood Bowl. And that was like an all-star cast. That was like Sutton Foster played the Baker's Wife, Skylar Aston from Pitch Perfect played the Baker, uh, Patina Miller, who played Dolores in Citrax, uh, played the Witch, uh, Gina Matarazzo from Stranger Things played uh, Jack. Not Oh, Shanice Williams, she was on The Woods Live, right? Yeah, Shanice Williams, who played Dorothy in The Wiz Live with Little Red. Cheyenne Jackson played Cinderella's Prince. And Woody Goldberg was a giant. So that was an all-star cast. If you want to ever want to see like, an all-star cast, go to, or like watch things from the, um, from the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, because they also did a Little Mermaid thing a couple years ago as well, where it was like Darren Chris was the prince. Oh. Um, Leah Michelle was Ariel. 
Anyways, uh, Sean Palmer is most well known for his role as Marcus Adant, uh, Stanford Blanche's birth boyfriend in Sex and the City. And then Sherry Winnie Scott is most well known for her star turning role as Kathy in the last five years off Broadway. Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just amazing in that. Um, early Broadway credits include The Who's Tommy, Grease, Rent, and Aida. She has also appeared on Broadway in Dirty, Rot- Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, receiving a Tony nomination. She also wrote and performed in Everyday Rapture, receiving two Tony nominations for the book and for her performance. Titus Burgess made his Broadway debut in Good Vibrations and later that year performed in Jersey Boys. After these, he starred Sebastian in The Little Mermaid and Guys and Dolls uh, as Nicey Nicey Johnson. In 2015, he received critical acclaim for his role in, in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Yeah, for this role, he received five primetime Emmy nominations. Yeah, I really enjoyed that TV show. And I can't believe, like, that was my first introduction to him. Yeah, I know, me too. I think I might have listened to the soundtrack for a little memory a little bit before that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I should watch that show again. Because um, I just love Tina Fey's Fav- writing. <laughs> um, and then Norm Lewis made his Broadway debut in The Two's Tommy. He went on to replace in Miss Saigon as John. Uh, Broadway credits include Sideshow, Chicago, Les Mis, Porky and Bess. Um, he was cast as the first Black Phantom in The Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Uh, and he plays, uh, he played King Triton. Yeah. I wish there was more for King Triton to do in this show. He just kind of yeah. shows up, yells for a little, well, not yells, but he, like, he's like, <laughs> he's being a good father for a little bit, then leaves. But like, at least in the show, they give him, they give, uh, if only. Yeah. Because he was Javert in mm-hmm. uh, Les Mis. So I knew I, I knew that I knew him from somewhere. Is he in one of the anniversaries? Yes, the one with oh. Nick Jonas. That's okay. the only way I can describe it. It's just <laughs> everyone will know it's the one with Nick Jonas. Well, but isn't he good though in it? Isn't Nick Jonas good? In... When, when you compare, like I know that he's class, I guess he's trained, I guess. Mm-hmm. But when you compare him, I might get into a bit of trouble with this. But when you compare him to Ramin Karimloo, who's not even classically trained. Yeah. Like, he, he calls vibrato the wavy thing. Oh, really? Yeah, the wavy voice thing, because he, do- <laughs> he doesn't know what it, what it is called. Uh, but, like, when you compare the two, you can just tell, like, it's not the same. I think, I've, I think I've seen clips of him as Marius, and he's pretty good. Like, he's, he's, he's cute. <laughs> he's also, like, he has, like, the charm of Marius. Yeah, but it, it just kind of seems like they put them in there to get more people or more, like, teens to watch. I mean, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Marius, like, we all love Marius, but is he that necessary? <laughs> <laughs> Marius is always kind of, like, the, the like, dumb friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, have to, you have to keep an eye on to be like, okay, are you, are you, are you taking care of We're yourself? all there for Angel Ross and the other barricade boys. <laughs> Marius oh, is just Angel the same. Ross and Bronte <laughs> Marius just... Is just... Marius is just Marius is just the simp in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and here he comes like Don Juan. Um do you have a favorite song? Um I did and then I accidentally closed my thing. Um my favorite song is I have two, and they're just the old classics of mm. part of your world and under the sea. Yeah, it's I mean the classics are so good. Yes. Um, 
Did you listen to the uh, demos I sent you? Or not the demos, but the um, the album I sent you? Yeah, I did. It was oh. just, it freaked me out a little bit. It was kind of funny. It was because, weird, yeah. Because when he's going back and forth between like him being Ursula and then him being Ariel. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I love it. It's so cool, like seeing the charm he, br- he brought to it. It's a demo. You don't really need to have charm for a demo, but like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you, for the listeners out there, um, there's an album, uh, Howard Sings Ashman. Uh, I think that's how it is. I think that's what, I think it's like, is it Howard Sings Ashman or Ashman Sings Ashman? I think it's Howard Sings Ashman. <laughs> um, and it's all the demos that Howard Ashman ever made. Like he, he always sang by himself on the demos. Usually they bring in actors, but he was like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> um, and he sang on the demos for Little Mermaid and Being the Beast um, and it's all in the album. So they have Part of Your World, Under the Sea, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls. What's the last one? Les Poissons. Les Poissons, right. Oh my God, that one made me laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> les Poissons, Les Poissons. Yeah. Um, oh, I think my favorite song is Kiss the Girl. It's always been Kiss the Girl. Yeah. Um, we can get into it a little bit later, but Sebastian's like kind of a dream role. <laughs> <laughs> but like because I really honestly we'll, we'll get into it now I wanted to do this in grade 12 because it was on the list that we found <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to we're gonna uh, cut that out I, I wanted to do this in grade 12 we, we don't have to cut it out it's just it's kind of a funny little thing I guess yeah what are, are they gonna do like we're like three <laughs> years graduated which maybe it's a little bit sad we're talking about now but <laughs> yeah so we had two friends I forget who I know it was uh, Hannah and someone else no it was uh Sydney and Rachel no. <laughs> yeah they were in that tech class um like like theater tech class and they had the laptop from our drama teacher and they like this was around like may when we didn't know what we were doing for grade 12 yet um yeah. and they like found like a list of all the musicals all the musicals that like the three heads like submitted to <laughs> suggest <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and I like we like she said to us and we were all like freaking out because like Little Shop of Horrors was there. Wait, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. And like Into the Woods was there and all these great shows. I swear I had the photo somewhere, but they had like, ask... taken a photo and then closed it and then tried to go back to what they were doing. Yeah. But it was like <laughs> I, I remember we all like freaking out. <laughs> they were like running into like the, the cafeteria. They're like, guys, you won't believe what we just found. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like it's a bit of an invasion of privacy to be yeah. honest but like when you have a folder there that's like possible musicals. Yeah. And then you um, have musical theater kids on your computer. But obviously like my head immediately when I saw it a little more right I was like oh maybe but then I was like really thinking about it. I was like yeah we could. Um, <laughs> and I honestly had it all cast out like Hannah was Ariel. Um, like I wanted to be Sebastian but I was like I knew if we would do Little Mermaid it would go to a girl or at least some like I think that's a role you're able to like cast as a girl. So I'm like either Hannah or either Annika or Sydney could be such a good Sebastian. So it's <laughs> like that's fine. Um, and I was thinking, um, Julian could be King Triton or something. Um, and I was like, I'll be okay with Eric if I have to. <laughs> um, and then, um, I was thinking, uh, because Maya was in grade eleven year. I was like, oh, she'd be such a funny scuttle. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah. But yeah, I honestly I just wanted to think kiss the girl. Yeah. 
It's such a good song. Um, then I also love Poor Unfortunate Souls. Um, and also I, lo- I really like um, If Only. It's like a thing they add at the end of the show okay. where they're all like sad and like, I want to be with what I, w- I want to be happy. <laughs> oh, and then also Beyond My Wildest Dreams. Um, that one's really nice where she like, Ariel, like this one, she's just turned into a human and she's like running around the town like, oh my God, I'm human now. Yeah. It's just kind of weird because isn't she supposed to be mute? I think it's 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 in her head, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like singing in my head. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I was trying to look back at my conversations with Sydney, trying to see if she had sent me the photo. Yeah. And then I like found one where I think it was when my my phone was messing up a lot, and so I said like I'm a bit on a deprived streak. I'm so I'm ad. And so I was like, I think I'm on a bit of a depressive streak, so I'm sad. And she's like, oh, what's wrong? And I said, IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> the website, it's just like, what does that mean? And I was like, I don't know, autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> she said, like, oh, I thought you were talking about the movie website. I was very confused. I was like, yeah, IMDB is making me depressed. <laughs> Sorry. I just found that on this and I was completely, I completely forgot that it was, uh, <laughs> about that was something that we talked about but now I just really want uh dang it so it would be like 2017 wouldn't it yes yeah it would be like May 2017 like um and also I do have while you're looking for that I I also forgot um she's in love I think it might have been like my top song like 2016 or like 2017 on Apple Music (laughs) I just love it it's so good like I love all the harmonies with the sisters and flounder uh, I don't. I don't think my thing goes back as far, but it's just a bunch of gifts of Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer that we sent oh each my other. God, I forgot about that face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that was uh, basically what it was like. Yeah, but yeah, we were all freaking out when we saw that list. <laughs> yeah, it, we were just yeah. like, oh my god, and then some of them were really bad. I forget which ones it were, but we were just like, ew, no. Yeah, wasn't like I think Bye Bye Birdie was on there. I'm really trying to think about what was on there. I'll ask Sydney if she still has it. Like I in think Into the Woods was on there, and I—that's the one I really wanted to do. Like really, like I still want to do Into the Woods. Like I want to do—I want to be the baker so bad. I had I had tried joining the Uvic uh, musical theater group last year, mm-hmm. and they decided on Into the Woods, and I was like, nope. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I was it's... like, nope. I'm not doing this. It's so good. I don't know. Okay, I don't understand, but we'll get into it in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a least favorite song? Mm, no. The one I sometimes give is Le Poisson and like the the reprise. I'm like, you know what? This is funny, but I am I'm okay with skipping it. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the part where um where they just saved Eric and then they're like, oh no, someone's coming, and then they have like scuttle who's around there and then the guy who's like get away bird and the bird scuttles like ah. <laughs> i like um in kiss the girl like in a movie and in the show like at one point Scuttle's like ah, ah. and then like <laughs> sebastian's like pushes him out of the way mm-hmm. and it's like did they have a dingle hopper scene i can't remember uh in the movie yeah i'm not, not sure about the- the, i'm not sure about the show though okay <laughs> That would have been um, just perfect. Do you have any favorite characters? Uh, Scuttle and Sebastian. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. Yeah, it's Ursula and Sebastian for me. Ursula and Sebastian for me. They're so good. It's always the comedic uh, relief characters that I really like. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I was just kind of like, as much as I like Sierra Bogus, just. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not my favorite character. Yeah, but like she has, she's such a beautiful voice. We can talk about I her know. for like an hour and a half. Uh, yes. <laughs> so a little bit on production history. The first production took place in Denver, where all the shows were sold out from July 2007 to September 2007. Um, this production served as, 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 as its out-of-town tryout before moving to Broadway to begin previews on November 3rd, 2007. Um, after a week, however, the production was stopped due, due to the 2007 stagehand strike. Um, yeah, I didn't know they had the stagehand strike, um, but good for them. Uh, well, I don't know how much it, I mean, they're still working, not right now, but like, um, and then they returned to performances on November, November 28th, uh, 2007. The show opened on January 10th, 2008 with Jody Benson and Pat Carroll in attendance. Uh, and they played Ariel and Ursula in the original movie. That would be really nerve-wracking. I know. <laughs> to have, like, the OGs yeah. watching you. Yeah. Um, and then awards that the show has won. Um, so they received two Tony nominations, one for score for Mencken, Ashman, and Slater, and then one for lane design for Natasha Katz. Um, and the original cast recording also received a Grammy nomination for Best Musical Show Album. Uh, but no wins. Uh, I think actually there may have been like some fan awards this year about us one. I love watching interviews of her because she's so funny. <laughs> and she's such like a you think like with that voice like in Family Opera, like, oh she's so like hoity toity and like so like far removed. But like no, she's such a funny person. Yeah, she's really funny. And uh, she likes to mess around on set sometimes. Yeah. I just love her like she has like, so many like cool relationships with other like some of her co-stars like her like there's a, a ship fandom or whatever for her and Ramin Karimloo. <laughs> I mean yeah. Yeah and then it's like uh he's married and has kids so. Isn't she also married? I, I don't know actually maybe. Uh oh she was previously engaged to our actor Tam Mutu but it says previously so. Well, you know what's cute? In this is turning into a bit of a uh, Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as I know, uh, Ramin Karamlu named one of his sons after Hadley Fraser. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I was like, oh, because they, they recently had like a, a virtual concert that they did, and Hadley was one of the guest stars on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like they've been uh, Javert and Angel Jean Valjean. Has, yeah. They've been Raoul. Oh, that's together. Yeah. Yeah, and they've been Raoul and uh, the Phantom, and then mm-hmm. they've also been Angelus and Grantaire together. That's so cute. <laughs> so if you watch the twenty or not the, I don't know if it's the twenty fifth anniversary of the uh, Les Mis, the concert version, you can just see that their friendship is just mm-hmm. on point. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'll correct myself. Um, so in 2012, in 2013, uh, Sierra was, uh, Sierra Bogus was in Les Mis on the West End and she played Fontaine. Ah. Oh. Oh, to hear her say, like, to hear her sing, I Dreamed a Dream. Uh, I can't wait to do Les Mis. Les Mis is so good. Yeah. 
that might have to be a two-parter <laughs> yeah probably actually yeah. but yeah so next week we're doing beating the beast i'm so excited about that one that's like i think it's probably my favorite disney musical yeah don't want to say for sure but it's definitely up there <laughs> yeah i well we saw that together we had seen uh oh right at uh lcms uh... no Langley. no was that fundy fundy yeah, i Langley think yeah. yeah yeah oh that was so good and like had the um the girl that played bell was so good oh she's amazing i remember and like that was, hearing that was hearing her first her time yeah, hearing her story, um, like I saw some of the moms talking about her, like before the show, was like, oh, really? Like she's from somewhere, like she's an international student, and she's from a place where uh, you aren't allowed to sing in the streets or something, something like, like that. that. It's very like oppressive there. I mean, yeah. Canada's not great here, but um, uh, and then like hearing her say at the beginning, I was like, I'm gonna tear up, like yeah, because it was like uh, her first musical theater production, and and she was just so good. Yeah. I miss seeing shows. Like even like small like high school productions or like shows that don't turn out great, but they're still shows. <laughs> Cause at least you can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. I just miss going outside. I know. But yeah. Um being the beast this week. <laughs> On that um, note. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening to History of the Spotlight. Um, you can find us on Instagram at History of the Spotlight. Um, Twitter at History in the SP1. And on our email, uh, you can email us at History of the Spotlight at gmail.com. Email us your opinions. What do you think about Little Mermaid? What do you think about any show? Um, we're open to anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're very bored in quarantine, so yep. please email us your thoughts. Yeah, uh, do you have recommendations for shows we could do? Yeah, I'd rather read like an email about musical theater than any of the articles that I'm supposed to read for my history courses. So I know. Yeah. Save me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.